Welcome to the Everything Eichler podcast brought to you by Bass Pro and Cabela's. I'm sitting here with Jason Hornady, and this is this is fun for me because, of course, you're kind of a big deal in the, in the, in the hunting and shooting. I know, I, the small, small, small pond, but in the hunting and shooting sports, I mean, everybody knows your company's name and, and your family name, which is really a cool deal. Let's start off with the history and how we even got to, to today. You know, we started out as a bullet company, and that's what we like to say. We started out making bullets. My grandfather started with Vernon Spear in 1947. That didn't go so well, obviously, and so 49, he started on his own. And his name was Joyce? Joyce, yep, okay. Joyce Hornady, and we still have boxes that say Hornady Spear on them, and, and that's what our primary focus was, was bullets until 19... Oh, I guess it was 1971 or so. They bought the Pacific Tool Company and brought that in. And in 1963, they started loading um, Lake City surplus cartridges, and that's how he started Frontier Ammunition. And um, but bullets is our focus. We try to have a bullet for almost everything that's out there, and you know, depending on what it is, multiple options. But as the ammo business started to grow and people's time—I mean, look—cell phones have ruined the world, right? I mean, nobody has time without staring at their phone. And so we want to have an ammunition option for a guy who doesn't have time to go devote it to reloading. He's got kids, he's got baseball, he's got whatever. Um, and so if we can make it easy for him to shoot and have a good experience, that's really what it's about, right, is getting to shoot more. 100%. And yeah. we both deal with that. We both have busy lives. We both have yep. families. Yep. Both have a lot going on. So your, your history, your family history, like you said, starting out with Joyce, your grandfather, mm-hmm. and then your dad, Steve, uh-huh. kind of took it over. There's so many people that are interested in the company itself, yep. and I love the family-run aspect of it. You guys aren't big corporate, so that gives you a lot of advantages, you know, really in, in the field of ammunition, what you do. Let, talk a little bit about growing up in, a, you know, in an ammunition Family. I mean, you guys all, was that all that was talked about at the dinner table? I'm just curious. There's so many people that ask me questions when they come out hunting. Like, hey, how well do you know these guys? And what's the story? And what's the behind the scenes? And I'm trying to give people a little bit of history on the company itself, the fact that it is family run. And then I want to morph into, you know, the hunting and, you know, talk about some of the cool stuff you guys have come up with. So, right. Well, so my grandfather ran the business until 1981, and he was killed in a plane crash going to the SHOT Show. And so day two, of, or after that, my grandfather, or my grandfather, my father took over, and my grandmother, and um, my gran- my father's been running it since he was killed um, in 1981. Um, I didn't start at the company. I'm unfortunately old. I'm 50 now. I didn't start at the company until 2006, because we have a family deal that if you want to work at the family, and there's six grandkids total, Five grandkids total. God, I don't know how many grandkids there are, right? <laughs> Five total. Um, you had to go out and get relevant experience, and you had to do that for 10 years. And so That's cool to me. Who yeah. made that? Was that your grandfather or your dad that came up with that strategy? I would tell you it was my dad and my aunt kind of came to that conclusion, and it was to prevent those scenarios where you see some kid who doesn't know anything come into the family business and start screwing things up and you know get a broader picture of what the world looks like and I went out and I became a sporting goods rep and started there. And then I was a sales manager for Redfield Rifle Scopes, which was a really good experience. Unfortunately, I was there when they went bankrupt. And it's, it's a really good experience. It's just one I never want to repeat. Right. And then I got hired to handle big accounts like Cabela's and Academy. And that was really good experience because you get to see all kinds of different aspects of the industry. And um, when I started the company, they had never had a real true salesperson who knew how to organize it and do programs. And it was just the right time for me to come in. And we've had a lot of fun since, and we've come up with a lot of new products. And 
you know, a lot of that's just push. We've changed our marketing. We've got partners such as yourself and lots of stuff that, you know, pre-2006 we just didn't do. So out of curiosity, I'm, I'm thinking there's probably somebody watching this that has a ton of questions like I do. Like, was was that tough for you? I guess if, and I'm flipping around, my my children, mm-hmm. I wonder if, you know, was it tough? Did you assume or did you know that deal, the 10-year deal, all mm-hmm. the way through, I see that there's huge pluses to that. But yep. I guess first question is, did you know you wanted to go work for the family company right away? And so your goal was, okay, I get it. Let me do 10 years in the industry and then transfer over. Or was that still of a, I'm not sure, and, and maybe I do something else? You know, my whole life, I've always wanted to do, to do what I'm doing. And, I mean, I remember both my grandfathers, my, my grandfather on my mother's side worked for my other grandfather. And I can remember being on the shop floor with both of them, you know, holding you know, two fingers and walking around the floor. And, and I just knew then that's what I wanted to do. There were different times when I could have, I could have kept doing what I was doing. I enjoyed myself and it was yeah, fun. And, good at it. and, and uh, yeah, I had a pretty good career. The one thing that was nice about being a manufacturer's rep, I got to see all aspects of the business, you know, hunting and fishing and camping and, and those things. And I got to meet great guys. We've got Tom Gallagher here, here, Cabell's veteran. And, you know, I got to meet lots of guys like that and they're true friends. And, so that's a it's a pretty narrow focus now, but it's it's a lot of fun and it's probably good because I have ADD pretty good. So I think we both do. I think we both. Oh do. yeah, if you were in the truck with me and Jason, it's hysterical because it's like it's, the partial sense is squirrel, and we both it's it's absolutely hysterical. I saw it first. Yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> I have. That's probably been one of the most fun things for me this week because you don't really know somebody in, to me until yeah. you hang out with them, until you're tired, or until you walk up a mountain, or until right. you you know you get to, to have some shared experiences and. The main reason I had to bribe Jason a little bit to get him out here, but I was like, come on out for a bear hunt. So I'm tickled pink that you came. And what's neat is you've got your buddy Shannon with you, and you've yep. also got Renee with you that, yep. that works at Hornady. And right off the bat, of course, we're teasing each other back and forth because you and your dad had gone on a hunt with Jim Shockey. Yep. And uh, I'm not bashing Shockey. Well, I'm a little bit. Um, <laughs> I like I like Jim. I know you guys are great friends with him, and I have a lot of respect for him and what he's done in the industry. But it was one of those weeks when you guys went hunting just didn't happen. Oh, we had a tough week with him. And, and of course, he's just beating his head against the wall. And, you know, we're here for the experience. It's not, not always about the the finale. And you two have something in common. So far, neither one of you have shown me a bear. So, God, I mean, at this it. point in time, I, you know. Just, we got one for your group so far, though. <laughs> you but did. Yeah, they, were, they were just wailing up. It was so funny because we're teasing each other back and forth. And it was like, well, we got, you know. Well, a shot, you know, a good bear hunt with Jim Shockey, but we didn't see a bear. And I'm like, oh, man, I can one-up that. Of course, you come this week, we're 94 degrees in Trinidad, full moon. But I will say, the very first day, Renee, who's, she's sales director. She's, she's our, like way up there. She's our man. director of sales. She's yeah. kind of the one who makes the place go. A pretty sharp young lady herself. She goes out with one of the guys, Skyler, shoots the, how big was that? It was, she, she hunted for 20 minutes and the, she shot a 580 pound bear. We put it on scale. Like, this thing was absolutely gigantic. Huge bear. I mean, measured over 20-inch skull. And it was one of those, like, all right, that's the biggest bear I've ever seen. So that was the first 20 minutes. So I'm thinking this is going to be awesome. Me and Jason are in another area. And you might have nodded off. I, I don't have. know. There I may did. be footage. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hey, what's the point of having you around if I can't take a nap? Right. Well, and sometimes you need a breather <laughs> after some of the jokes back and forth, but we're having a blast. And the first thing Jason goes, I said, Hey, it was a fun morning. Let's head back. And he goes, well, I can tell you that, uh, yeah, pretty much the hunt with you and Jim pretty much been exactly the same so far. 
which hurt a little bit down deep. Uh, you know, it hurt a little. So, so we're trying. We're having a lot of fun. Shannon, uh, I think, had a bear in his scope. Uh, your other buddy, and then yep. the wind switched on him, and pew. so so far we've we've two out of four have seen bears. Um, you and your son Alex haven't. I got to tell you what I've enjoyed so far is not only that you have a great sense of humor and you're easy <laughs> to get along with. It, you know, but you do. Wait, you just kind of laid it that, out. Say I'm easy to get along with again, because I want people. Really, to hear you that want everybody again. to know that? I think so. Now I'm not going to say how you are to work with, because we've just been playing. <laughs> but, but we've had. There's been more jokes. We've been laughing, but your whole crew that you brought, Shannon, your son Alex. Um, I'm so proud I beat him in horseshoes. He beat me the first <laughs> game. I got him the second. We're gonna we're gonna get squared away on that. Renee has been awesome, a trooper. Awesome trooper. She's like this bear hunting thing's not hard. I oh yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know what y'all's problem yeah, is. What's the big deal? Just step out. You shoot a booner. I don't get it. Yeah, ridiculous. Doesn't that just drive you nuts? Drives you nuts. And she's gonna foam out it, which would be cool. You guys yeah. gonna put that in the plant? Well, it's it's her bear. I don't know. Don't look at me. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, you guys, you know, the whole crew. I would say, hey. Probably need to put that in the plant so other people can enjoy yeah. it. I was cool. thinking about hanging it above her desk. <laughs> it's a giant. It's so really, really cool. And I want to talk a little bit, because a lot of people don't know this about you guys. You or, or your father or even the other guys that I've hunted with, um, with your company, have never been boastful or bragged about all the things that you guys do for the industry. So... I'm not asking you to brag on it. I think I'm proud of it. It's one of the reasons that that I'm really proud to be working with you guys. But on a serious note, your whole family has taken it very seriously, the future of the sport itself. Mm -hmm. And you're the president of, like, the Congressional Sportsmen. You know, talk to me about about that organization um, and what it does for the sport. So I'm the president of the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, and that and this starts to get kind of wordy and comp, not complicated, but um, it supports the Congressional Sportsman's Caucus, which is the largest bipartisan group of congresspeople, senators and congressmen, who their mission is to further public access for hunting, fishing, trapping, uh, camping, um, anything you want to do outdoors. When they go out and they educate senators and congressmen about all the bills and all the laws, and hey, here's the impact of this, and here's the impact of that. Just recently, they got the Great American Outdoors Act passed, and they were the driving force between getting that passed. And what that did, and it doesn't sound like a big deal, but if you go to national parks and ranges, it doesn't take long to see. There's been some stuff that's been kind of neglected. hadn't been maintained the same way. Right, whether it's bathrooms or roads or anything. Or targets or, you know, just the signs even. So that that got $20 billion allocated for ongoing maintenance of all the parks, all the public lands, all that access to get them all up to speed and then ongoing have a budget that constantly upgrades those facilities, fixes the bathrooms, fixes the trailheads, fixes just even the bulletin boards when you go in. And the thing that a lot of people don't realize is, you know, hunting and fishing, we pay excise tax. Right. That's what funds most of the public access. And, you know, I'm great if people hike, you know, that's great. But it's, it's us outdoors people who fund them. Yep. Hunters and fishermen are a percentage of the sales, licenses, yep. and yep. as well as ammunition and all yep. kinds of hunting and fishing products. And so the Congressional Sports and Foundation is great. It's it is totally bipartisan. There's no blue, no red, no. It's all about outdoors. Hunt, fish, trap, camp, shoot, whatever it is. That's what it's about. Don't care if you're a union guy that's a, a 
Republican or Democrat or Republican or, you know, whatever. Independent, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's go shoot. Let's go fish, you know, and have a good time. And that's that's what that one's about. See, and I think it's neat that you guys are involved with that because, I mean, that's that takes up a lot of your time. And j- j- juggling between that and the company and family, that's the kind of thing, as I've learned more and more about your company and your father's and your grandfather's, mm-hmm. um, you guys give back and a lot of people don't realize how much. And that takes up. A- Good portion of your time. That's you know that's something you don't have to do, but you think it's important for the future of the sport and for the outdoors. And I think that's cool. It 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 does. And you know it's it's funny because my grandmother always beat this into all of our all my sisters and my cousins. It's, you know when you can share, you share. I mean, if you can afford to share, you make sure you share. Teddy Roosevelt said, "Every man owes a portion of his uh, welfare to." The industry he received it from. I know that's not an exact quote, but something like that, you know. Yeah. You got to give back to the industry. We got a great industry. It needs constant help because lots of people don't understand it. And so that's why we do the CSF, the NSSF, which is the National Shooting Sports Foundation, is a big one. Certainly we do the NRA, but we do Boy Scouts and 4 H and Ducks Unlimited, Rocky Ducks Mountain Elk Foundation. All of them and the sheeps and the sheeps and the goats and the ducks and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but. That's what we should do. We're we're fortunate enough to have a company that, frankly, it's it's our customers' company. They're the ones footing the bill, and we just try to make sure we're a good steward and pass as much through as we possibly can. And I love that you quoted Teddy Roosevelt, who's the president that set aside more lands mm-hmm. and, and protected more lands than any other president yep. before or since. He got it all started. Yeah, so that to me is really, I, I love that you quoted him. Um, talk a little bit, like on the hunting and, and shoots, the hunting and shooting mm-hmm. sporting fund like mm-hmm. pronouncing that correctly yep talk a little bit about because that's a percentage of every yeah we give every one cartridge per- every box of ammunition you guys sell right yep one percent of everything we sell goes into the hunting shooting sports heritage fund which is run by the nssf that's an nssf program and um a portion of everything we have goes to the nssf as well and that's that's above and beyond though that, that's, that's what i mean that's yep, something yep. you guys uh, you know, don't have to do that's a big amount of money yeah it's you know we we hope it is you, you hope it's bigger every year you know because yeah. but yeah it's it's a good program and obviously that's what we're going to do like i said it's it's our customers money and we're just passing it through the places we think are going to help them be able to enjoy that stuff more and more and, and we're in this for the long haul so um you know i'm third generation fourth generation was out there trying to whip you at horseshoes earlier <laughs> and, right. and uh, <laughs> You know, that's kind of our deal. And it's not just our family. I mean, our whole company is a big family. There's lots of families that work there. Um, at one point in time, there was one family had 11 people there. Yeah. That's neat. And yeah. when I was talking to Renee, and it was like, man, her, you know, even her family history with the company, oh, yeah. I was like, wow, that's really neat. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's neat that you guys have touched a lot of people. I, for one, appreciate it. I think it's neat that when people go out, a lot of times they don't realize you see those signs on the trailheads, and you see the bathrooms, and you don't think, of all the work or all the people that stepped up to try and make something like that happen. I love that you guys are doing that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the advantage. And I guess I say that because in our, in our industry, as you know, there's a lot of private equity. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. huge conglomerates. And in some cases, those are great. Mm -hmm. In some cases, um, it's more about the bottom line. You know what I mean? Let's, let's make what's, you know, you know, we've got this now we have to make talk about the advantages of a family run company when it comes to, doing what you guys want to do when you don't have to report so much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sure you guys have made decisions or, you know, that maybe weren't, you know, the most profitable or, or things that you guys just thought was important. Oh, we've made lots of decisions that weren't profitable. I can <laughs> promise you that. Oh, yeah. 
but but there's a lot of advantages too. Talk a little bit about that, like you know things that you guys have maybe done or branched into that you went. You know, I think there's a need for that. Even like the safes. You know, when I think, you know, Fornity, I don't think of, but you guys have all kinds of, of safes now yep. to help prevent, you know, accidents in the home place. Uh, you know, accidents of vehicle where, where people can safely store their firearm. You guys went into that because I think you saw a need for that. So talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the things you guys have been able to go into because you are family owned. Well, you know, we're, we're family owned um, and really of our family. Um, my father and I are the only two that currently work there. Um, other than my kids were both working there this summer making bullets and they loved the 5.30 a.m. start time, I promise you. So, of course, <laughs> it's been worse here and getting up at four with you. But um, the thing about our company, and I can only really speak to ours, um, is we're very flat. So, really, we've got my father, me, and then we have a row, row of directors and that that's it. And... I mean, when you decide you're going to make something, we decided we were going to get into the um, the security business. Kind of, we had a guy come to us with an idea. It was like, hey, that's kind of cool. And right now, we at the time it was 2013. We were oversold on on ammo and reloading equipment. And it's like, you know, we're a new products company. We try to have 200 new products a year. And, well, 200. Do you know that? I didn't know yeah, that. That's 100, interesting. 120 to 200 in the last 10 years. I'd say that's our average. Hey, it's probably 150. That's still, but. You know, the security thing's kind of neat, and hey, it's a good cause because who you, you got to advocate for safety. I mean, we yeah. all have to be safe because it only takes one person doing something stupid to, to cause us all problems. So um, <laughs> those decisions are made that quick. We were just working with a, another company here recently on a, a deal, and it was a mutual agreement, and they'd send us a contract, and okay, you know, within 24 hours, we sent it back to them. Well, we'd get theirs back seven to ten days well it had to be read by their lawyer and read by this guy you know <laughs> and the board and, and, <laughs> and uh, you know it's like guys come on that's i mean we could have been done a long time ago and we see that time and again and even sometimes you know some of our customers will have that bureaucracy where it's well we got to get this and we got to do that and you know we're all about go you know it's Let's get it done. Uh, yeah, we we may screw it up, and like I, like I said earlier, we made some unprofitable decisions. There's there's a few I'd like to have back, <laughs> but um, you know, for the most part, we've had a pretty good time. It's been a really fun run, and and um, we've had lots of new products: Lev Revolution and Critical Defense and Duty, and oh, yeah. Precision Hunter and Black, yeah. Black, and, <laughs> and and all those things. And that's just ammo, um, bullets. You got A tips and ELDs and. Um, our reloading equipment has progressed very nicely. Um, you know, one of the things that <laughs> just pick on my dad a little bit, um, I read something somewhere about sonic cleaners for cleaning cartridge cases. And I was like, we're bringing in a container of these. And he looks at me and goes, you're just crazy. <laughs> and we sold containers of, Did you? <laughs> oh yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> you know how much credit I got? Uh, not a whole lot. Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> but we sold them and it was fun. Um, you know, but we've all had ideas like that. The one that's his is a few years ago, it was 2012. We'd actually had kind of a slow year. And he's like, I want to do zombie ammo. No, 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 we're not doing zombie ammo. And finally, he and I negotiated on a deal, and we did zombie ammo. And oh, that went nuts. at the sh- I remember that oh. year at the show. The green packages, and they had pictures of zombies on it. People, collectors were buying them, I not get, even to shoot it. I get no credit for Sonic Cleaners, and everybody remembers zombie. <laughs> Let me tell you who really remembers Zombie. Him. And he reminds <laughs> oh, me about it about every month. Oh, what a great yeah. decision oh, that yeah. was. Yeah. That was a really unique, fun 
thing. I got I got some box up like I'm going to keep these forever. This is cool. And we love that part. And and you know that was the whole deal. Have fun with it. And and when I looked at him I said, "Fine. We'll do zombie, but we're going to have fun with it." Yeah. You know, cartoonish boxes, you know, we're going to launch <laughs> we we launched it on the um debut of the Grateful or Walk Grateful Dead. I wish it was the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> the Walking Dead. It was the debut of the Walking Dead that season and we shipped the first box on Halloween. I mean Oh that's kinda you neat. know, just these little little tiny things that, you know, again, let's have fun with the little details and, and sometimes people notice, sometimes they don't and you know, well it's all about fun. That's that's right. You gotta have fun and we work in a fun industry. Let's talk about despite it being fun, let's talk about some of the craziness right now. There's more people buying firearms as well as ammunition right now than than any time that i've seen in my history and i ask you straight out i was like man have you seen anything like this and i think your answer was pretty much no like this is crazy you know it's 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 funny because in my career which i started in the industry in 93 which i hate even saying that was probably so, <laughs> we're both uh, getting long in the tooth 10 years after you did I yeah suppose. as you pointed out <laughs> i am older nice um, Look younger though, which is interesting. Everybody, oh, you think? Yeah, I, we had a consensus you, you just know, in the group, and you don't work for your dad. You don't have gray hair like me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, so the first major wave I saw was the Brady Bill in '94, right? And '94, '95, '96 were crazy. Yep. Oh, we'll never see this again. And then there was Y2K, and it got not quite as crazy, but it got crazy. And then there was Hurricane Katrina, and then, um, and then there was the Barack Obama election right things took off and then the unfortunate situation with sandy hook and we would have told you that we'd never see anything like the the results of that where where people were just afraid right um and that they wouldn't be able to buy stuff because of new laws and worried about their second amendment rights i mean honestly i think that sparks it almost every time right flip side of that a republican gets elected and now people aren't scared and so the market just went and it went way down and we finished about four years of flat until this last year and then another unfortunate you know tragedy occurred and kind of got everybody stirred up and and it had a little different flavor and um people like dick sporting goods and walmart decided they were going to get out of the business and one of the best things that happened to us is walmart decided to get out of the business right. um, helped you guys out. helped us because <laughs> we we've taken a position we're never going to sell them um as hornady manufacturing and it's not our it's just it's not a fit right well, when they got out, all of a sudden that forced our customer into the places where we're strong, which are your local gun shops and yeah, the Cabela's, uh, the Cabela's Sportsman's the Warehouse, Shields, Shields all the- and, and every local buying group guy who, they're the influencers in that those communities. And so our business started to do pretty good. And then you heard about the stuff in Virginia. Right. Remember that? Yes, Everybody sir. forgets that. And then we started talking about this virus thing, you know, and all of a sudden now it's just gone crazy and then throw on a whole bunch of rioters and unrest and you know you can say whatever you want about that stuff like you know we all have our own opinions but it gets people spooked right and you know in the middle of the the peak of the covid stuff people were afraid they were gonna have to hunt for food i think or defend their toilet paper and exactly you know so good for your business but how are you guys like and we joked about it the truck Mm -hmm. i have people that just know that i work with you they're like hey can you make a call yeah i mean from gun shop owners to individuals how are you guys dealing with i mean when it's that much and we we talked about this in the truck so that's one of the reasons i'm bringing it up is so many people just think it's so easy like you know yeah. oh well just tell them to you know just tell them to run 24 7 i'm like i'm pretty sure they're running 24 7 almost yeah um well tell them to just 
get some more machines. I'm like, it doesn't quite work like that. So explain a little bit of the, you know, like everybody is is rushing out. And you put it in a great way the other day. You're like, usually when people would buy ammunition, they'd go out and they'd get a box. Yeah. It's not happening like that now. So just give them your rundown and why you can't just <laughs> start cranking out a few more million rounds. Well, if we buy a new piece of equipment... Um, and the whole thing is, is, it's not like there's a whole bunch of companies out there like GM making ammo machines or bullet presses or most of what we use, we will buy a machine that was built for something else and we've highly customized it and that's tooling and that's machining time and that's all that stuff. So if we get a new machine to make bullets, that's going to be 12 to 18 months before that thing's functional on the floor. And we're not going to change our plan for growth when we have a pretty aggressive plan for growth. So we're always bringing in more equipment. We're doing preventive maintenance equipment. But, you know, how do you change and spend a company on a dime, you know, in in three or four months? And just the metal alone. So we get metal in. There's a 120-day lead time on metal generally. It takes us 120 days to bend it. So now, I mean, you've taken – you're 240 days out from from a start. and So you're you're a year out basically. We're a year out. It's just like that. So that's just some of the challenges. And challenges of business. Some of it's over-exaggerated. You know, we we haven't had a whole lot of problems getting raw materials. We did have to split our shifts up and, and do what we could to keep up. But um, it's just not as simple as going and over and hitting a button. And You may not be comfortable answering this, but I, I'm going to ask it anyways. And you mm-hmm. just say, I, I'm not comfortable answering that. How do you prioritize? I've had people ask me that. You know, how do they prioritize where where they send or what orders they fill out. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I imagine you guys have orders from everybody. So not only all the the big boxes we just discussed. You've got, you know, orders from all them. Then you've got all your gun shops. You know, mm-hmm. right? You know, yep. and then you've yep. got all your other. You, you, you guys have so many people ordering. Is it just a first come first serve, or is it a this this? I mean, I'm just trying to teach people or, or get them to know a little bit more about the business. How do you guys handle that? Well, it's a very complicated process well i'm sure yeah yeah whoever little, sends little nuts the, whoever sends the most chocolate and the most bourbon usually get moved to the top of the list ah, i like it so me maybe taking you on a bear hunt so far it's not helping okay got it well you got to see a bear then okay maybe one, maybe if you see a bear once you have the chocolate the bourbon and maybe some wine thrown in there because some of the gals like wine, some like chocolate, some like bourbon. Perfect, perfect. Then we rate the quality. Oh, so, I love the chocolate. Yeah, and you, I mean, can you imagine? So Hershey's Kisses, not as good. It's okay, it's maybe you know, like a Godiva. Something yeah, like a that. Godiva. Okay. And, I mean, right. come on. And can you imagine the software Are you impressed I knew Godiva? I, I am actually. Okay, like, yeah. Kind of a big word for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's bad that the only three-syllable word I've used is a chocolate. Can you imagine the software package you have to have to rate chocolate, bourbon, and wine? No. That is impossible. Yeah. Honestly, our software package that does allocate is pretty complicated, and it takes lots of things into account. You know what? This guy hasn't been shipped for X amount of time. Oh, we're going to need to move him up. This guy's way down, has orders, so he shouldn't be. Okay, let's move him up. This guy's way up. Okay, maybe we just need to make sure we're managing that. And um, we're trying... You know what we? I can look anybody in the eye and say we're very fair, right? And, and that you're trying to make trying to make, make as much ammunition as you can. This year we've had lots of people call and go. Well, what if I prepay or, or what if I you know I'll send you more or what if I just pay I'll more? I'll pay you extra. Yeah, <laughs> you know I really appreciate that. But if I all of a sudden said, yeah, hey, for a little bit more money, I'll ship you a million bucks tomorrow. 
I would expect them to chew me out a second later saying, you mean you have a million bucks to ship us right now? (laughs) And you haven't been shipping it? Uh, That's a good point. So obviously you don't have it. Yeah. Appreciate them trying. But if we had it, I mean, we'd ship it. And, you know, the... You love some of the things you get. Well, I heard the government's paying you not to ship ammo. <laughs> that's that's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. And you're hoarding it until you can raise the price. And, oh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. That's a good one. And I apologize for calling with that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then you, get, then you get friends of friends who call. And, you know, again, we're trying to take care of everybody. But I was sitting in a restaurant with a friend the other day. And he gets a text and kind of rolls his eyes. And he looks at me and goes, hey, I got a buddy who... Could you help him out? I'm like, well, what's he looking for? A little bit of nine, a little bit of two, two, three. Okay, you know, and I'm thinking, uh, I can probably find two boxes in my house, yeah, you know, of each or whatever, help out. him out. And yeah, he's a buddy. Never never want anybody to be unhappy, and that's the biggest message. We never want anybody to be unhappy. I said, well, how much is he looking for? Well, he'd, let, he'd take a n- thousand rounds of nine and a thousand <laughs> rounds of two, two, three. And- <laughs> I don't yeah. even have that at my house, and if I did, I'd ship that too. Yo, you know, <laughs> you're in business. Yeah, you know, you start encouraging employees to bring back everything they've bought over the last five years, so we could ship it. <laughs> How do you guys? I, I I guess what's interesting to me, and if somebody's looking for a job at Hornady, and I say this because I learned a lot in talking with Renee the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, even when you're not around, she says really amazing things about the company. Self, mm. I think that's important to throw yeah. out there. Um, well, she's so in does, charge of sales. She better so say does, good stuff about the company. So does everybody that's been on hunting with me. But you guys have a pretty amazing deal for your employees. Um, and one of the things that I talk about on podcasts, before we get into some of the really cool stuff you guys have invented, is there's a lot of young people who listen to the podcast. And a lot of them, I think, are probably like me or, or you know, you were fortunate because you kind of had a trajectory, but there's a lot of people that go, man, I really want to get in the hunting industry. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how, how do I do it? And I get emails like that. Like, sure. How do I get into the, you guys have a pretty amazing deal for, for the employees. Are you comfortable talking a little bit about that and maybe have a website on where people would go if they were looking to try and get a job with Hornady? Like me, you know, there may be somebody that's going through college right now that goes, man, I really want to get started or somebody that wants to try and get a, a factory job with a company that, Man, most of their employees stay there for a really long time because you guys have some amazing benefits. Yeah, you mind talking about no, that a little I don't, bit? I don't mind at all. You know, again, because that says a lot to me about the family itself. When when people come here and go, man, my my dad worked at the you know at the company, and now I'm working at the mm-hmm. company, or my brother worked there, and my cousin, and man, you know, I got my buddy trying to get over there because this is what they do. I think that says a lot about you guys because yeah. you're not uh, you're, you're sharing. Well, what you have to do is you have to break that down to a pretty uh, base level. Do you know who the most important employee is that we have? Who? The janitor. <laughs> you know what? That guy's important. Your life's going to suck if he's not there. True. And I don't, wanna, trash. I don't want to do that job. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to do mine. But you got to make sure everybody's involved and everybody gets to participate in the rewards of business being good. So we aren't necessarily the highest paying when you start. But if you're there for two years, we have a profit sharing and bonus program where you're going to get about 15% of your W-2 as a bonus and 15% is profit sharing. And it's the profit sharing goes in your 401k and it vests over seven years. You don't get to just quit the next day and walk away with that. I mean, it's in your 401k. And, and that's one of the things that my grandfather and my father set up way pre-me. But, you know, our goal is hopefully if you work there for a career, 
your 401k is going to have seven digits in it, we hope. You know, that's the goal. Everybody, the janitor too. Did you get that? That I mean, I'm just making sure everybody just got that. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I've heard from other people yeah. that work for you. Like literally, when you step out and if you put in your time, they're going to take great care of you. And that's pretty incredible. I think that's really neat. Well, we're all going to take care of each other because... That's true. It yeah, takes a team. Right, 100%. Full team and... You know, I can't guarantee, we can't guarantee that you're going to have that happen. We certainly can't guarantee the business is going to be there, but boy, that's what we really want to have happen. You can put 30 years in, you know, 40 years in, boy, you ought to, you ought to be pretty well. And Set pretty, for life. We hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we hope. So we, we do that and Hornady.com is a good place to start. We have jobs there and, um, or, you know, email us and we'll point you in the right direction to start. You guys, just this year, look at the six millimeter arc. For example, I mean, that came out and I heard a lot about it. And of course, I had to have an AR. Like, I'm like, you know, I've got, I've got to have one. I got that is an awesome setup. You guys are constantly coming up with cool stuff. You guys came up, a lot of people know this, and surprisingly, a lot of people don't. 6.5 Creedmoor, that was your baby. Yeah, that was our baby. That was, and that actually started as the 30 TC. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah, started as the 30 TC. Greg Ritz was a friend of mine. I used to work for him as a rep. and. They wanted us to do a cartridge, and we had the 308 Marlin, and we kind of modified it to, to become the 308 or the uh, 30 TC. And the next year, the guys came, and they're like, hey, we want to do this. We want to call it 6.5 Creedmoor, you know, but do we, should we call it the 6.5 TC? And they're like, no, you know, we got to call it the Creedmoor. And that's one of those decisions that we listened to the right guys. And <laughs> the 6.5 Creedmoor, and it's funny because the 6.5 Creedmoor was invented uh, in 2009, I think. Yeah, eight or nine. And we were always behind on it, but it wasn't, it just kept doing this. And, you know, fast forward 10 years later, and people are screaming at us, we need that new Creedmoor. That's <laughs> old. We've had that for years, you know. <laughs> but that's probably our most, our second most successful product we've ever launched. No so, kidding. Yeah, probably. And rightfully so. We were talking about it yesterday. I mean, that's what Renee shot that monster bear yep. with. Very low recoil, super accurate. The ballistic coefficient, you know what I mean, is is it's very similar to a three hundred eight in it's, a lot of ways. It's very it, easy for everybody to shoot. Right, everybody. That's exactly right. And yeah. It's got enough ump. My boys have all shot elk with it. Um, mm-hmm. I love shooting it. I, we were talking the other day. I, you know, I've never been a huge fan of of guns that recoil a lot. Some people love them. You know, yeah, three thirty eight or three hundred Winchester man. That's great. That's what you're into. Awesome. I like guns and ammunition that work together and that I don't feel a lot. Yeah, so I'm with you. I want to have fun. 22 long rifle? Awesome. Yep, yep. <laughs> we're getting too old for we're getting too yeah. old for heavy recoil. I don't want to get rocked. I want to well, enjoy myself. I want to be able to shoot you know, a lot. When I, and that's when I, perfect. I go shoot sporting clays. It's like I need the super lightest loads you have. <laughs> like, well, we got these two and three quarters. Uh, what else you got? <laughs> you, know? you have a two inch? Yeah. <laughs> I love that you guys talk about some of the other cool things you guys have come up with that you're super proud of that, that, that's you guys' baby. And, and some people didn't know that the 6.5 Creedmoor was right. you guys's and the new six arc, um, some of the little things like the black ammunition basically designed to be run out of ARs. ARs yep. I mean, that's, that was awesome. And you guys saw a need for that mm-hmm. and you guys focused on that. Talk about some of the other things that you sitting here are like, I'm really proud of that one. Or this was really cool. You know, and it was introduced before I started the company, but it's it's the one that really transformed our business um, was the 17 HMR. And that was in 2001. And I mean, it it went 
crazy and just something that we didn't dream of. We didn't, we weren't prepared for cause it just went crazy. And so, and it's again, really fun to shoot. Um, it's relatively inexpensive compared to other stuff. So you, that's our number one, probably most successful product ever. No kidding. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, VMAX bullets also was before me, but VMAX best ever. I mean, how do you beat the VMAX? And, and frankly, it was something that was an answer to a competitor. Um, who had good product, but, um, Second mouse gets the cheese kind of a deal, you, you know, <laughs> and, um, we did it. We did that launch, right? Um, lever evolution. So 30, 30 oh, and lever revolution, 45, 70 and lever evolution. All that stuff was a lever revolution. Just so people know, you know, it's a safe, basically it's a safe way. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about a tube. You know what I mean? Tube discharge. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a softer, what's the, you know, type it's, of polymer almost. Yeah. We call it flex tip. And so it allows us to put a, a far more aerodynamic bullet in those tubes than, has ever been in there and that changed that business pretty dramatically for us oh yeah or changed the the industry and and there's some people trying to copy it and that's okay but it's uh you know it was it's the kleenex of that that segment of business and they shoot uh, cutting edge oh yeah no it's it's awesome and you don't have to worry about a tube fire like you say you You really don't that's that's the thing is awesome um let's talk about super performance because to me that was like i'm like that's crazy they took Ammunition, they amped it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, 200 to 500 feet per second, depending on what it was. I think I'm in the right. You're being a little else. generous. Am I? Okay, yeah, so, that's but a right. few hundred yeah. feet per yeah. second. And kicked it out there. And for the for me, the 223 Superformance for Predators, that's my go-to. I got to shoot that ballistic gelatin, you know, at Hornady. Speaking of that, if you want to see, and I'm, I'm jumping subjects because I'm, I'm still excited. There's so he, many he, things I want to talk to you about. But the... When they came out with that Super Performance 223 and the VMAX, I got to play with that at the at the plant. And if you want to check out an amazing facility, I did a YouTube clip at the Hornady plant and just had a blast. The process that it takes to to become a cartridge, I had mm. I had no idea. Like from a bullet of brass and watching it just dunk, 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 get stamped out. If you watch that, you will be blown away that every single Cartridge doesn't cost $20. Yeah, that drives me nuts when people beat you up over cartridge case pricing because it's like, oh, you don't know what it went through. Yeah, it, it, watch it. Really, it's it's absolutely fascinating. But you can check it out on my YouTube channel, and it's it's literally a, a, a walk through the, the Hornady plant and, and watching what it takes, a little button of brass mm-hmm. uh, to become a cartridge. It's fascinating. But super, for, super performance was amazing to me. I just thought yeah. that was nuts. And as a, you know, as a... I don't know what you'd call that as a as a skew. It's not just a single one, but oh, it's as, a, as a group, is that a big, large segment? Oh, yeah, segment? That's, that's our largest hunting segment right now. Um, and it, it was the, um, it, it came after Light Magnum. So what happened is we had Light Magnum, and with Light Magnum, we were doing some compressed loads and getting that 100 to 125 uh, feet per second. What happened with Superformance is our guys found a way to do it without compressed loads, and we started experimenting with powders and what we could blend together to get different performances, which don't try at home, by the way. Don't go blend some good powders. Yeah. Okay, good point. Good point. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, because it's kind of like blending <laughs> sugar and flour, which I guess doesn't work very well or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, they did that, and they didn't have to compress the loads, didn't have to charge quite as much. It wasn't as slow to load, and so Superformance was a game changer for us as well. Now, <sighs> hard to believe that was 11 years ago. Wow, that... That has gone fast. Yeah, you're right. Has. That was when I remember when that was brand new. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty pretty fascinating to yep. me. And uh, still in the line today. Still sell lots of it, and um, always add another skew every year to to the line. 
Anything else you guys have coming up super cool that you can share with us? Yes. Oh, I mean, share with you? No. Yes. Oh. Coming okay, up super coming cool. Up, yes. Coming up super cool? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, maybe while we're bear hunting, I no. can get a sneak no. peek. No. No. Dang it. I'm pretty sure you're one of the last people I would tell in advance. Why? Because I get excited. You get excited. All right. And it would be on this podcast right now. I would probably mention it. I would tell people, <laughs> check this out. We got some top, top secret stuff. We got some. Dad would probably shoot both of us. He probably would. We got some pretty cool stuff coming. And that's, we're not quitting. I mean, back to what, what you asked earlier is that's the nature of our business is we've got a, a new products group that we sit around and, and it consists of everybody. Anybody who has an idea, it gets thrown on the table and we kind of go with. Anybody? Cool. Anybody that works there. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, if you have a really <laughs> no. good idea, you know. I mean, I had somebody send me a note for shop rags the other day. And I'm like, that's a really great idea. I'm not sure we're competitive, but, you know, I mean, so, but, uh, yeah, you know, anybody. And and we've had outside ideas, too, but we sit around and, hey, is that cool? Yeah. That, that's really cool. And eh, that one's not as cool, you know. Your favorite cartridge, can I ask that? Oh, man. Can I put you on the spot? Come on. That's pretty tough. I would probably have to say the Creedmoor just because, just because um, it's something that was our baby. And it was our baby. It started with the 308 Marlin, which became the 30 TC, which became the 6.5 Creedmoor. And, and the 6.5 Creedmoor is now the cartridge everybody references when they talk about new cartridges. So when you heard the guys talk about the Valkyrie, they're comparing it to the Creedmoor. When you hear them talk about the PRCs, they're comparing it to the Creedmoor. When you hear some of these other new cartridges that the other guys are doing, they all compare it to the Creedmoor. And to me, that, that makes me proud of our team. That is really neat. Because yeah, there's been really times cool. I thought, how could, we, how could we possibly come up with something new? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think that? Like, I mean, holy cow, how could we even come up with something? There's Everything's been experimented and played with, and then you guys do something like that that changes the game. Every running back is compared to Herschel Walker, right? <laughs> Good draft. Every cartridge is compared to the 6.5 Creedmoor. That's a pretty neat analogy. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And your son, I think this is kind of cool. Your son went old school. Alex, 16 years old. Yep. Pretty dang good horseshoe thrower, which is frustrating enough. But he came out with – you would think that Alex wanted to come out. I thought, man, it's going to be a wildcatter or some crazy cool or one of the newer things. He came out with a 30-odd six, and I love that. Yep. He went straight old school. He did, and it's – That's neat. He's proud of that rifle. He won that. Um, well, technically, I won it. It's technically my <laughs> rival. Um, but it, when he's old enough, it'll be his. But, uh, yeah, we won that at an auction, and um, he's all about it, and we put a scope on it. He's got a dial on it, and he's he's good with it. He, the kid can shoot. As long as you keep him calm, he, he's pretty good. So you're saying if we can show him a bear, he's probably going to get it. I knew it's going to that, so well, I thought I'd beat you to it. Sooner or later, we'll have to talk about the bears. <sighs> We're going to get a bear. <laughs> I'm a glass half-full guy. You have to be. It's 94 degrees. It is. And we started with a full moon. We're, we're at 5,000 feet, and it's 94 degrees on September 1st. It's, it's, it's tough, and we're having a great time. But I'm having a blast. Yeah. And you're getting a smack talk me, which is just driving me nuts. <laughs> I, 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 we, we're going to make this happen. But what's cool to me is even if it doesn't, and you said this when you first arrived, which was actually really cool. You were like, you know what? I'm last priority. Yep. Which uh, I know, but that's just cool. Yeah. I'm going to share that with you. I hope that doesn't embarrass you. But you yeah. were like, Fred, hey, I'm just out here to have a good time. And, you know, if my son and my buddy and Renee, you know, who's over there at Hornady 2, if, if they get bears, I'm just tickled pink. And I was like, that's a pretty cool thing to say because I've taken other people that were like, hey, dude, it's all about me. 
Just so you know, <laughs> I want to get the animal. But uh, but no, it was really cool. And you were you were just a jack for Renee, and we are trying to find Alex a bear. I promise, we're doing everything we can, and it's going to happen. I, I've been Stay reminded. Positive. I've been reminded since I was young by my mother all the way through to a whole bunch of people. Now it's not about me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But you know, it's about coming out and have fun and meeting new friends and hanging out with people. And you got a great group here, and we are having a great time. It's been an absolute blast. So check out Horny, all the different products they have. I hope you enjoy this podcast and get to learn a little bit about the people behind this family-owned company and how much they give back. To me, that's even more important, not to be mean, but I think the fact that you guys give back, how well you take care of the people that work for you guys is probably even more important than everything else you guys are doing because that's cool. Mm, I would agree. That that, that you guys care about the sport and people in general. If you're looking for a job – I would tell you, check it out. So Hornady.com, get some information on it. Also, check out the YouTube on the Horny Plant when we show what it takes to turn a piece of brass into a cartridge. It's pretty incredible, and you'll realize that they probably should be $20 a piece, uh, not for a box. So check it out. Thanks again for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fun. All right, buddy. Yep.